Hello and welcome to the B Team podcast. The best part of life is football and the best part of football is FPL. In this pod we talk our hearts out about the latter and a bit about the former. Hi, I am Pratish. Hello, I'm Siddharth. How's it going Pratish? Going good. Uh the international break was uh slightly tolerable this time. I think the trick is to pile up all social meetings within the international break and then you can get to meet people who you're being rude to otherwise on weekends and not making plans with so i did that and the international break became quite bearable for me i think another thing which made it bearable was that i made my transfer i made an early transfer so there was very little to ponder about and very little to mull over so that was nice sweet sweet very sweet that's a good ploy i think i'm going to do something over my version of that for sure um yeah this uh, international break i agree just whizzed by and uh, yeah i'm glad that football is back and let's get into it um so dear listeners what we have in store for you today is uh, just we're going to you know touch upon what decisions we are making on our teams about our teams and for our teams um we're also which players are we prioritizing what are in, what are our immediate concerns or if we have any fires to douse uh within our squads um we're also going to touch upon premiums like kane son and ronaldo and also a very interesting question that's been asked is will the defense settle or will the attack take off at spurs and again we also want to discuss is united still as sexy is that fixture run still going to hold up after which we want to talk about jota versus rafinha and just to tee this board i think we want to also ask the question that is it too late to get on the chelsea wing backs all right let's get into it um what are your team decisions this week so as i said i've already made an early transfer i, uh, I had sanchez and i removed him and i brought in goeta uh, my logic for doing that was the fact that despite having the toughest fixture run so far uh, crystal palace has the second best uh, expected goals conceded number and i think that's really impressive so i brought in goeta and on top of it uh, crystal palace has been uh, starting from the back a lot there are fewer long balls which goeta is playing so that also makes him slightly more attractive from a bonus point uh, bonus point system point of view so i brought in goeta what about you uh, you also you also made your uh, transfers if i remember right you mentioned it in the last pod uh yeah i did make a few early transfers because i knew what i wanted and i wanted to you know avoid price rises so uh, i was commend you that goyata is a good uh, buy i feel uh, he's a very good goalkeeper and crystal palace have some really favorable fixtures coming up and also that you know you had sanchez who was on a red card and i don't think you have foster as your as your benched goalkeeper so yeah good call it was something is it was a fire that you had to douse so i'm i'm glad that you did that uh speaking about my transfers what i did was i got um i sold rafinha and i think i made a mistake over there i sold rafinha instead of mount and i got in norman from uh, from norwich and i also then transferred out jamie wardy who has been really frustrating for me in the last three game weeks that i've had him and i got in harry kane these were my moves and i made them pretty early because i think everybody's going to jump on uh, spurs assets now and their fixture list is just a sea of green so yeah that's what i did and um on this topic i would want to ask you something i had a lot of 
uh, there was a big conundrum for me and a lot of thoughts uh, between Kane and Son. And also, if Ronaldo is somebody I should be looking at, what's your take on that? I actually I was thinking of putting the same question up for you because since you did two transfers, uh, which was a mid plus uh, forward, you could have gone either way. So uh, before I share my opinion, I want to know what was what was it which really clinched the deal for Kane. Great. Um, that's a fairly good question. And I will tell you what my reasoning was behind making this move. Um, so basically, what I wanted was to get Harry Kane because he's on pens. And he is that provider. And what happens in an Antonio Conte team is that his striker is very, very important. So we had Diego Costa and we had Eden Hazard. For me, in this Spurs setup, obviously, he follows things to the T. Like he did at Inter Milan, he had Lukaku and Martinez. And then over here, he has Kane and Son. So Son playing Martinez and Hazard's role and Kane playing Diego Costa and Lukaku's role. They are very, very similar players, in my opinion. Uh, Son is a little more direct, like Martinez is. Hazard has his own trickery. But this is the duo where, you know, he, 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 I would think he will, moving forward, he will want to use a 3-5-2, wherein the two will be Son and Kane. Now, here is my thinking. Diego Costa got more goals than Hazard. Um, Lukaku got more goals than Martinez. And I am hoping that Harry Kane will get more goals than Jungmin Son. Also, as I said earlier, Harry Kane is on pens. So, I'm very optimistic about Harry Kane. And he's at a good price. I think uh, I got him at 12.1. I think 12.2 maybe. So, I felt that, you know, I, I should make the move. Okay, that was my reasoning behind it. I think I think your reasoning is pretty solid. And uh, I've also noticed that Son has been subbed uh, twice already, I think, in the last two uh, Conte games against Vitesse as well as uh, in the Premier League. So, Kane will have more minutes than Son. Uh, and on top of it, Kane in the fixture congestion will be... Uh, like he's he'll be a more reliable go-to person for uh, Conte uh, as a starter, so that's something to really uh, like, which is again something in favor of Kane. Having said that, I am not too sure about Spurs yet. Um, I'm not too sure about them yet, and uh, in my team I have Ronaldo, so he's up against Watford, and uh, so that doesn't it didn't doesn't make sense for me to move Ronaldo for Kane and in my case that would be for a hit now it doesn't make sense because Kane is up against Leeds and uh, Ronaldo's up against Watford uh, having said that I am planning to move him to Kane in the next week for the next game week again I'm not very convinced because uh, you know my my issue is I'm not very sure whether Spurs will fix its defense first or will it start giving attacking returns first? That is my bigger concern when it comes to Spurs. Uh, of course, when we look at Spurs, we need to keep in mind that the circumstances are very different. Uh, anything that they have done in the last 10 or 11 game weeks should not be uh, seen as any kind of a sign of what they're going to do in the remaining game weeks. But I'm still, I, I would like to wait and watch and see uh, how things pan out for Spurs. Although I'm very sure that an aggressive move for Kane with the kind of 
amazing fixtures he has lined up. I mean, that can't go wrong. Very little chances of it going wrong. Of course, Vardy is a troll. I won't be surprised if now when people are moving him out, suddenly he starts scoring goals again. I won't be surprised. But that's the nature of uh, Vardy. So one can't do much about it. What do you think? I mean, what would Conte prioritize? The defence or uh, getting the attack going? Or would he do both simultaneously? I'm just uh, wondering about that. So, I think we spoke about this in our last pod and uh, watching Conte from really close quarters from his time at Chelsea. And uh, let me put this out straight. I am a big Antonio Conte fan. Not as much now that he's manager of Spurs, but that's for another day. Speaking um, subjectively about his role at Tottenham Hotspur, the Conte method is such where he will tell every player what their roles are every inch of the pitch. So basically, if you are playing centre-back, you know exactly the kind of ground you have to cover back and forth. You know exactly the kind of passes you're going to be looking for. He is so meticulous in his planning that you know every player on the pitch knows. It's like an orchestra. And if you follow his word to the T, it doesn't take too much for the formation and the system to click. Because he does all the hard work. He tells you where to be and what to do. Now, what I also am a little optimistic and sadly so for Spurs is that they've had this 10-day break wherein I think of all the managers in football, Antonio Conte has his work cut out and he must have you know really drilled them and he must have spent a good 10 days only trying to you know get them to imbibe his but so many philosophy, of, his system. So many of his first team players were out on the international I'm, I'm coming to that. I'm, I'm coming to that. I don't think all of them are Arikati Hoiberg uh, Son and uh, Harry Kane are the ones that come to mind uh, who might have uh, been away with their international teams. A lot of his squad has stayed back from what I know. And if you look at Harry Kane, you look at Jungmin Son, they already have an ongoing understanding and partnership. There is not much to coach them. They already know what they have to do and if they're going to be pitted up in a two uh, up front uh, alongside each other, they're task is cut out. They will be, you know, they just have to like basically go back to their ways where they were a good partnership. Not worried about them. Uh, Hoibjerg again will do Hoibjerg things. I think he's going to be the Nemanja Matic or the Brozovic of Inter and Chelsea. And uh, it won't take that long. Also, international uh, players have been back. He will get these three, four days to get things in place. Now, what will happen is defense first or attack first is the question, right? So, I, I'm going to say it this way. Defence is always Antonio Conte's priority. He hates conceding. But having said that, his system, his philosophy is such that the whole team moves behind and forward in sync. So, both have to click. It won't just be one thing. Like, for example, when Thomas Tuchel came into Chelsea, he fixed the defence. We drew against Wolves, we escaped through against Burnley and we were very defence first. No leaking goals like we were leaking. A lot of goals in the Frank Lampard. Tuchel said, I'm going to shut shop. And then take it from there. What I think Antonio Conte is going to do is drill his boys, get them fit. His uh, fitness regimes are something that I've been talked about in footballing circles for decades now. Uh, and he is that kind of a you know taskmaster. And I, he's the kind of guy who will be like, if you don't follow my instructions in training, I would rather kill you. He's actually said that to Thierry Henry at Cobb. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that interview. Yeah. So uh, it 
okay, maybe I jumped on the ship too soon. Maybe they will need a couple of game weeks, but then the fixtures were just so, you know, uh, alluring that I I couldn't stop myself from getting on, you know, the piece of the slice of pie, which is talking about at the current moment. So that was my chunk. And that's what I feel that they will both click. I don't think he's going to, obviously he might prioritize defense first, but then somebody has to score the goals. He can't start off with enough draws. He's already drawing. Having said that, I did have a bit of a suspicion in terms of the ability of Spurs because Inter already had good players and they gave him players like Barreya and uh, Lukaku and a couple of more, Hakimi. So they gave him that. Uh, he's coming mid-season to Spurs. So I think a lot of his work will show more next season. But also, I, I think he has the 11 that he might need. He might not have the 17 or the 20, but he has the 11 that he might need to do a job. Like, Regulion is attacking. Uh, I don't know if Doherty plays or Emerson Royal plays, but they're both attacking. I, I, I think in the five, they will, they will bomb forward. Kane and Son are really good players. They're world-class players. I mean, they are very good players. Uh, in defence, they have... Uh, they bought this guy from... Uh, Inter, uh, from uh, Emerson Atalanta. Royal. I forget his name. Uh, no, no, Royal. from Atalanta. Fazio, uh, no, the uh, uh, centre-back. Romero. Romano? But, he, uh, Romero Romero, is, yes. but he's injured. He got injured. Uh, in the international break. So, he might not be able to join and he might end up missing a few weeks. So, again, Christian if if, he, if they have if they have Christian Romero, correct, he's a fantastic footballer again. Um, if they have issues in defence, you then obviously, it's writings on the wall, then you might see the tactic first because he has to win football games at Spurs, at Hotspur, right? So, he's, they're, they're really... Languishing in, in the table, and they want to be higher up. That's why he's coming. That's why he's taken up his job. That's why Daniel Levy has bowed down to him. And I've heard rumors that they've actually begged him to come. They've promised him everything that he wanted. Now, I don't know if Levy was going to follow through with that, but uh, from the looks of it, I feel the attack is going to click. I don't know about the defense yet. I don't have any Spurs defenders. The only defender I would look at is Aguilon. Like you said last last spot, that you know he's the one that's going to catch, who's caught your eye, and it's something who's going to be on your wish list. I think for now it's Harry Kane and Son. And for me, I already gave my reasons why Kane over Son. So that's what that's my thinking. No, I'll tell you where I am stuck. So uh, I am quite sure that United is going to go crazy in this uh, extended run of easy fixtures which they have, starting from game week fifteen. If we consider Crystal to be an easy opponent, uh, they have a really good run of games up to game week 27 where they only meet West Ham United uh, in game week 23 and besides that it's a sea of green and with Brighton, Aston Villa, Arsenal uh, Arsenal is also in 15 so yeah, just Brighton and Aston Villa which are not green fixtures as per the picker now I'm quite sure that United is going to go mad I'm quite sure United is going to uh, they, they do this they do this they will, there will be questions on the team and then when they get a, a run of easy fixtures, they do go crazy and they end up playing really, really well. Now, and I also know that... I, are I you say, saying that they are flat-track bullies? Definitely they are. Definitely. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely they are. Um, and uh, game week 13 is against Chelsea. Uh, I don't see United scoring there. Game week 14 is against Arsenal. Arsenal has been very tight. 
So there are two tough games followed by Crystal Palace at home. Uh, this season, they've not been really good at home, if I remember right. I don't know why, but whatever, we can speculate about that some other time. Should I do a hokey-cokey between Ronaldo and Kane for three game weeks? Uh, is what I'm thinking. Should I or shouldn't I? Game week 13, 14, 15. Chelsea, Arsenal, Crystal for Ronaldo versus uh, Kane has, I think, uh, Brentford, Norwich and Burnley, if I remember right. Uh, those are yeah, the games. I, I think for... you answered your own question. Uh, if you were to pick one, I'm definitely you know leaning towards Kane in that fixture run. Yeah, Burnley, Brentford and Norwich. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Burnley away might be not as easy to predict because uh, that time of year is here where Burnley can keep a clean sheet against any team. And Brentford home, Norwich home will be our damn easy games, I would say. So, yeah, I mean, it's just two games and if I have to get back to Ronaldo, then what's the point? Let's see. I think the only reason why I'm liking game week 15 more than anything else is that game week 15 is when Salah is up against Wolves. Uh, it's it's in the it's in Molyneux, and that's one week where I would like to captain somebody else besides Salah, and Kane will help me out in that. So that's that's where I am right now. Uh, and you know, I, uh, I'm sorry, I won't interject here, but we haven't mentioned you in Son, so that answers our question: Why Kane versus Son, and Kane is the clear winner, at least in our opinion. Yeah, and for me, it's also a matter of team structure. I already have Ronaldo, so for me. Moving to Kane is just one easy transfer. Correct. So, I also have to keep that in mind. I have Saka in my team. Next week, he's up against, like in game week 13, he's up against Newcastle. I'm not going to transfer him out against Newcastle. So, I have a few issues within my team which are dictating the way I play. So, that's happening. Um, so yeah, that's where I am. I'm, again, I don't think there's a clear. Now that you now that you brought now that you brought brought up Ronaldo and how fixtures are going to turn, and you always eyed this sexy picture uh, fixture run uh, for United as a team, and we just alluded to them being flat track bullies, and uh, we spelled it out actually. And uh, yes, they it, it, keeping their current form aside, they're already penciled in to do well in this fixture. Are they still as attractive? Are their assets still as attractive? And if they are, then who are the players to watch out for? I'd really hope for Sancho to click in by this time. By the time this uh, period started, I was really hoping for that to happen. Uh, I don't see that happen. Rashford is a, is the only other attacker I would keep my eye out for, uh, besides Ronaldo. He's the only other attacker who was of who, who I find interesting. And uh, no Greenwood. Think, no Greenwood. Because post Ronaldo Greenwood Greenwood stocks have really, really dipped. So no Greenwood for sure. Uh, Rashford is the only other attacker. And uh, maybe uh, I mean if I have a luxury transfer, I really feel punty, I might uh, bring back Shaw in the team. So, because Shaw, yeah, was Shaw did occupy us. Yeah, he occupied a spot in my squad for a long, long time. I started the season with him. 
and I was really positive about it. Anyway, um, so maybe so just to answer your question, maybe two out of these three, nobody else, fantastic. nobody else comes from. Great, great, great. And uh, the other question that we were, you know, going to ask our listeners and also each other that what is your take on Jota versus Rafiki? Now that's a very confusing spot to be in because uh, and we and I think while we were discussing uh, the agenda for the pod. Uh, this question, we kept it specifically because keeping in mind that a lot of teams have Rafinha already in their team. And uh, from a Havertz with a recovery... And funnily look, enough, we don't. And we don't. Yeah, we don't. But uh, for from, from Havertz, moving to Jota is a very uh, easy, logical move to or make. Mount. Spe- or from, from Mount, I would say it's still a little tough. Because Mount had his stomach infection and all because of which he missed out on two games. Uh, so, Mount might still keep his uh, starting position intact. So, I, I don't think it's as simple as Havertz. Plus, he's fresher. I think he's been at Cobham. He's trained the last three, four days. So yeah, yeah. I have a feeling my, Mount might so Mount, He's Mount, in my squad, so I hope he's Mount, Mount is a good player to have. Mount uh, is a great player to retain. Havertz definitely can be moved on to Jota. Now, Rafinha to Jota is a very dicey uh, call because uh, Jota with great underlying stats is not giving the kind of returns which Rafinha is giving with not so great underlying stats. And uh, that is one thing to keep in mind. And another thing to keep in mind is that Liverpool, out of the next four games, all although they have been the most attacking team this season, there's no doubt about it. In fact, uh, I was looking at this piece of data uh, that Liverpool is the only team uh, this season to go uh, zero games without scoring at least one goal. It's the only team right now in the league. So they are clearly, they are are in a a great attacking form. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But they are up against Arsenal who are, who have been who have found their defensive mojo back. Uh, Ramsdale is playing really well. Uh, Tommy Asu has been angelic for them. They have Southampton at home. Uh, I don't know. Southampton has had an easy run of fixtures, so I don't know if they will be able to retain it. They have Everton away. Now, Everton away, despite the kind of form Everton is in, it's a Merseyside derby match. You never know which way it will swing. I still feel that Liverpool will get goals in that game. And then there is Wolves away, which again is not as easy a match from an attacking point of view. So, I see Liverpool score in all of these, but it's tough to say whether Jota will get his share of points or not. And another thing to keep in mind about Jota is that he has not got any assist in the season so far. He has zero assists in 11 games. So, his only route to points is through goals. And uh, so, I don't know. I mean, if, if if I had Rafinha in my team, I would not switch him out for Jota at all. And uh, I think in the community, there is something which I've noticed a lot. There is a lot of hype around underlying statistics and very little credence given to the way a player is playing and the amount of confidence which a player gets each time they score a goal. There is no there is no conversation about X confidence 
there's a lot of conversation about expected goals and fair, that is fair, something fair. that is that is something which i think leads people to double up on brentford for example because mbuemo had such great underlying stats well at least tony we know was on uh, pen pens but to get mbuemo on top of that was again something like this we saw it in the beginning of the season with traore underlying stats are given a lot of importance and i just feel that rafinha might just nick it and be slightly better than jota over the next four game weeks that's my feeling it's 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 a very tricky question because they're both at different price points like for somebody to move out rafinha to get in jota they must have some money in the bank i don't know how many fpl players have that so let's start with that i mean that's my that's my first take second take is Leeds haven't clicked this season. For all their magic last season, they are equally poor this season. And uh, I just feel that when you are a part of an attacking setup like Liverpool, like you mentioned, they there have been zero games that they've not scored for a long time. Then doesn't Jota automatically become that much more attractive now that we know that he's going to get ninety minutes every game? and why i say this is i'm not a big fan of xg xga and all of that i'm not a big yes i know that person. i know, you know yes. that so let me yes. let me say this if he hasn't given an assist what you know what is the assurity that he won't give an assist going forward what is the assurity that he won't score what he is scoring goals right he has scored goals liverpool is an attacking squad now look at arsenal their last challenging game was chelsea which they lost Liverpool for them is going to be tough. I understand Ramsdale is in fantastic form. The defense is tight. Arteta has made them a very good defensive unit. I have Ramsdale and Ben White, so I have confidence in them. But this is Liverpool. This is Liverpool where Salah is going absolutely berserk, and this is a Jota who will start for sure. I don't give a toss about underlying stats. I know this for sure that Jota is a goal scorer. Jota will get in the act. If you have the money. I would definitely ship out Rafinha and get Jota because Rafinha is the only shining light at Leeds. And can he do it week in week out? I mean, he scored in the last three four games. He scored a goal each, but that's about it. Even he gets subbed. Then he does make way for uh, Harrison and uh, the guy they just brought in from United. I forget his name. I'm sorry. Daniel so he James. does make way for these Daniel James. Correct. So Dan James comes in. Harrison comes in. There is there is a lot of you know options at leeds and leeds are not clicking how many goals do you expect leeds to score two one max that's it when in liverpool when they are they find their mojo and they and they are in the kind of attacking form that they are you do expect the jota to get into the act Fair i enough. think wolves will get battered i think wolves will get battered i think uh, arsenal might not keep a clean sheet against liverpool i also think uh, which are the other two teams you mentioned there yeah, southampton will definitely get battered and burnley is it is it burnley is it no everton burnley? Is everton away everton away merseyside derby i agree form goes out of the window but then are they really a rafa benitez team they are not they are absolutely not they are they win symbolic they have given away four goals to a watford squad when they were winning that game and i will not forget that and if that was sala mane and jota they would butcher them so for me If there is the money in your squad, please, I will ship out Rafinha and definitely get injured. That's my take. 
Fair enough, fair enough. So I think, I mean, it's there are two ways of looking at it. We've covered both sides. And um, yeah, I mean, I think both have slightly tougher fixtures too. So yeah, I agree. And can swing either way. But uh, hmm. I had one question for you specifically. Okay. I think I, I know have, what's coming. Yeah, I have Rudiger in my team. Now, I am not open to doing a sideways move. Because when I had brought in Rudiger, I had signed up for this, for these periods of disappointment where the wingers would, where the wingbacks would get all the points and Chelsea would not keep a clean sheet. I had signed up for it very clearly in my head, uh, knowing that by the end of 38 game weeks, Rudiger is going to be just a little here and there compared to Rishiams and Chilwell simply because of the sheer minutes he's going to get. Is it too late to get in Reese James or to get in Chilwell as my second Chelsea defender? That's a tricky one. And I'll tell you why. <coughs> I think of the two, they're both 5.9 and 6. So their prices have risen. Obviously, Chilwell starting started at 6. So Price is not a concern. Price For me, price, price is not, not a concern. concern. Okay. Uh, it's still a tricky question. Why I say that is because Aspiliqueta hasn't gotten looking in the last few games. So I think um, Reese James will keep his position in the squad. He's been highly attacking and this will be the first time after Arsenal where he will get to tee up with Romero Lukaku, who is on his way to peak fitness again. Might not start on the weekend against Leicester, but he will definitely start the next game. So, uh, yeah, I think Reese James is very pivotal. He was the one who assisted Kai Havertz. What a cross he put in for Kai Havertz to score. So, yeah, he is absolutely pivotal. If I had the money, I would get Reese James. But also, you must understand that Chilwell is more nailed on. I think he's eaten up Alonso's spot. Alonso will get the cup games and maybe the remaining fixtures in the Champions League. Because uh, I was surprised by it. I'm not the biggest uh, Marcus Alonso fan, but I was surprised by him at the start of the season. He played really well. But I think it was Chilwell's spot to recover. He is the better footballer. He's the better player. He's the better all-round player, I should say. So he has definitely taken the first-team squad in the Premier League, I think. He's the most, he's the safer bet, but the more attacking and the more exciting bet, I think, would be these teams. And uh, are they still worth the shout? I think they are. Either one of them. Could be a punt. Could be a coin toss, sorry. And uh, yeah, either one of them will definitely... Again, you want somebody to start week in, week out, get the Rudiger uh, insurance and a bit of the attack that James has to provide, then chill well. But if you are definitely looking for attack, 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 go for these chains. That's my take. I think uh, just one more question, follow-up question on this. If I had to choose between Jota and one of the two wing-backs, who would you say I should go with? That's a tough one. That is a tough one. You put me on yeah, the spot yeah. here. And, and, and of course, I'm keeping, keeping in mind that whichever player it is, that player will dictate my formation. And uh, I will play that player week in, week out. Now that you say it, and I think this is something even I will uh, have to ponder because I do want to rejig my midfield and uh, get in one of the Chelsea fullbacks. I might want to look at both. Maybe plan it in such a way where I get one uh, wing back and obviously accommodate Jota. I, I'm a big uh, fan of Diego Jota. Especially now that I know he's going to start. Fair enough. So, I will uh, plan for both. 
so I think the last question which we have, uh, last bit which we can talk about is our captaincy choices for this week. Are you still on Salah? No, my armband is with Harry Kane. Okay, so my amber armband is right now on Salah, but I am seriously considering uh, Ronaldo. Uh, my only thing is I don't know what kind of a like what happens to Ronaldo after a big upset because I'm sure he would be very upset with uh, the result at Portugal. Uh, I think their Serbia leapfrogged them to get into the World Cup, uh, like to move ahead in the World Cup qualification. So I I don't know if Ronaldo is the kind of guy who will actually go mad crazy and completely destroy Watford or uh, would it carry on for long and on top of that United's form has not been really uh, good so I don't know and Salah just seems like a very safe guy to go with what do you think like between Ronaldo and Salah where would you swing and again I'm not looking at I'm not asking for data I'm just asking for your instinctive feeling (laughs) I'm not somebody who has uh, data at their disposal you know me so um, that's a very good question for me. I'm just going to straight out say, um, if I did not have Kane in my squad, Salah would be my captain. Fair enough. So I think, And if I had Ronaldo in my squad, Salah would be my captain. Ah, okay, that makes it easy. Yeah. So I think I'll leave it right till the end. Um, Saturday afternoon is when I'll take the final call. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'll wait for the pressers also and let that decide. So I think that's right. all we have for to, uh, That's all that we have for today. Yep, sounds about right. I think we covered a lot of good points here. And again, I would urge all our listeners to share our pod on their socials and you know whatever feedback you have, good, bad, ugly, uh, please have at it. Let us know how we are doing and where we can improve. And yeah, thank you so much. Do not forget your greens. 